Welcome to Voice of UCM. I'm your host, Abram Tabor, and today I'm joined by Lord Gregory R. Burns of Glencoe. He's a junior in the Digital Media Production Program here at UCM, and he's the host of Chatting It Up here on UCM The Beat. Hey, Abram, it's nice to be here. Absolutely. It's nice to have you on the show. Thank you for coming in today. So I have just the most generic question possible for you, Mr. Host of a Conversation Show. How did you get interested in the University of Central Missouri? What got you here? Well, it was really three things that got me here. Uh, One is the most basic. My family was already living in Warrensburg, so it's just the easiest thing of just walking two blocks down the road to be here at UCM. The other thing is that monetarily, it was my cheapest option I could get. Mm. And then the last reason is because I failed Spanish in middle school and never took another foreign language. And this was the only college I found where foreign language was not required. Really? Yep. I am a one-language pony and will sadly always be. Well, that's okay. I mean, I don't even know many people who took Spanish in high school who remember it that much, so... I mean, that may be a uniquely American thing that we just don't learn other languages that well, but I don't know. I've seen also plenty of German majors around here. So, <laughs> But three options, obviously. You start out as an open option student, correct? Did you not know what you were interested in, really? Or Not at all. Heck, the only thing that I knew when leaving high school was that I just needed to go to college. That's all I knew. I was just like, I don't know what I want to do in life. If I didn't go to college, I would still not know what to do with life. I'd probably be still working at Culver's or something. I don't know. Uh, But yeah, so I just knew I had to just go to college because that's what people did. And so I found out that UCM had an open options program, which now that I think about it was the fourth reason why I chose UCM because it's one of the few colleges that has an actually like really good open options program. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I went through that and, well, I slowly figured it out. So did you have any sort of ideas of where you wanted to lean to? You said you had no idea, but like the reason I got into journalism aspect of digital media production is because I knew I liked to write. And I looked at all the different sort of career fields I could go into, and all of them had a link to journalism or the professional writing skills for it in some way. So is that sort of, was there something like that that sort of slowly pointed you down towards DMP? Or was it just like a, I like doing this, so I'm going to be a DMP major now? Yes and no. Uh, funny thing, DMP was the lowest on my list of potential majors, <laughs> which is really funny to say now since it's such a big role in my life. Uh, but the number one slot went to uh, being an engineer student, mostly because Satisfactory and Factorial told me that I enjoyed that stuff, and then I actually did research into it and found out, oh, I actually don't know this stuff. <laughs> you can get down the schematics, but the math is beyond you. Or yeah, yeah. That's uh. I used to be interested in meteorology, um, but I was looking at meteorology courses, and like the upper level ones had a requirement of calculus three, and I was like, no, 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 no. I gotta rethink that. But that's another one that sort of tied into professional writing and journalism. I was like, looking at the broadcast weather and whatnot. Yeah. Uh. Real quick though. Because uh, uh, I had a total of three options I was looking at, the third of which being DMP. The second option that was very close to being chosen 
was computer science for programming. Absolutely love programming, really good at it. Uh, and I decided that I wasn't going to go with it simply because I didn't want to be in front of the computer for the rest of my life. I figured that with DMP, I'd have the option of actually going out and doing stuff. Mm. Uh, but it doesn't matter because later down the road, I ended up taking computer science as my minor anyway. So, <laughs> Right on. So you're still pursuing it in some way. Yeah, still love programming. It's great. You've mentioned to me before that uh, you also do like game-making competitions. Is that how... I was a little uncertain of what you meant by that. Yeah, so I do a thing called a game jam, which for everyone who doesn't know, pretty much a bunch of people join in on this competition. Think about your old competitions you did back in high school, you know, like if you're in band or FBLA, you know, that kind of stuff. A bunch of people either physically go to a location or just digitally do a location. And uh, the people who host it will release the time uh, as in, like, how long you have, typically either uh, 48 hours, uh, one week, or I think the longest is a month. Uh, haven't done a month one yet. Done plenty of 48 hours and done one or two week-long ones. Uh, but anyway, they release the amount of time you'll have, and they also release the theme. And so once the theme is released, it's fair game. Everyone has that amount of time to complete it. And the theme can be as simple as horror or, you know, arcade. Or it can be as complex as something that doesn't mix well with something else. So it can be very, like, specific sort of style of the game. Or it could be something that's more of a conceptual idea. Do you have any favorite games that you've made from that group? Well, for a little bit of background, I actually work with the UCM's official Game Jam team. I've been on the team for two years now. Very cool. It's great. First year I joined, which was last year, uh, we actually, the the team's been around for about eight or nine years now, never walked away with a trophy at all. We've always (laughs) sucked. Uh, Last year was the first year we actually walked away with a trophy. We got third place, which is great. Because the campus almost didn't pay for our trip uh, down to Texas to do this. Uh, So now that we have a trophy under our belts, they're probably going to look at us in a different light, hopefully. Hopefully. Yep. Uh, But anyway, overall, Belinda Copas, she's the professor who's pretty much runs our ragtag little group. Uh, It is all thanks to her that we're even able to do this. Because without her, we would not have had any funding at all. And, I mean, we're all college students. We're not going to pay to go down to Texas for a weekend. Uh, But, yeah, uh, I'm the the art guy on the team. Literally, they told me to make a GitHub account, and my GitHub account is the art guy. So, (laughs) for those uh, just tuning in, tune into GitHub, (laughs) the art guy. Find Gregory's art. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, so I do all the animation all the graphics, uh, all that kind of stuff, and I let the other guys worry about the audio and programming. Mm. So is that more your side of things? Is that what you've always enjoyed about games is the art? Because I did programming for a little bit in high school and just as an exploratory thing to figure out what I was interested in. And the part of game design I always loved was like the playtesting part where you could actually get up a game and then like try a little bit and fix bugs 
and try a little bit and fix bugs. But it sounds like you're more on like the artistic side of things. Yeah, no, I, I've done uh, the programming side myself. Also in high school, I took a video game design course, and mm-hmm. we actually made little games. Oh, and uh, and it, it's funny because that's how I got into FBLA as a kid as well because my teacher was the coach for FBLA, and he was like, hey, Greg, there's a video game competition. You'll have a couple months to make a video game. You want to do it? And so I did it <laughs> and got sixth place in state. Hey, yo, that's pretty good. The only reason why I got sixth place in state is because my game actually sucked. The judges hated my game. But there was two sets of judges. The judge that grades your game and the judge that grades your presentation on the grade. They loved my style and my presentation overall. So my art and presentation got me up to sixth place. Wow. That's got to be some impressive presentation <laughs> to get a bad game up to sixth place. Well, I mean, good news with the presentation, you don't have to show them the gameplay. You just talk about it. Oh, okay. So all you had to be was a really good salesman for your game. Pretty much. Also showing off the artwork that I did and all the level design and like what I put into designing all of it helps. Mm, Right on. And we sort of got lost off track here, but I'd like to sort of come back to this idea. You were talking about you recently won a trophy as part of that is it a club? Is it a group? Uh, it's it's a group, yeah. So as part of that group then, and that was based off of the question of what is your favorite game that you've designed as a team. And So what was, what was it like to design that game? What was that game? Uh, for me, my absolute favorite game that we've done so far, it was, it's called the Six Roller Bandit. The, the theme of the game was... Roll the dice, I believe what it was called. That that was our theme. And so what what we decided to do was to make, uh, if you're familiar with the game Slay the Spire, it's very similar to that concept. It was a very basic roguelike where you had a uh, hand of cards and a deck of cards, and you would select which card to play. The big difference for it and the reason why, you know, we were able to connect it to the theme of Roll the Dice is instead of like this card does five damage, it was this card rolls two attack dice oh. at a range of you know eleven and and fifteen or something, and so it would roll a dice and give you a number between eleven and fifteen. So the dice weren't exactly your regular everyday six sided dice kind of thing. It was you know numerically ranged, but it was it was a fun concept and the art wise of it, I absolutely loved. We actually did not walk in there thinking we're going to make a Western. It wasn't even an idea that was proposed in any way. Uh, I was doing concept art at first for either a dungeon crawler or walking through a forest. And one of my friends jokingly made a joke about a Western, I think. And so I was like, that's it. I'll do it. And so I did a real quick uh, concept idea of a desert, and it looked really good. And they were like... (laughs) okay, Greg, we're going to do a Western now. And I was like, yeah, I know we are. <laughs> and so we did. And honestly, some of my best uh, game animation I've done so far is from that game, I would say. Not only is the main character very well designed, uh, but also the main villain that I created is really fun. Uh, he's pretty much a giant scarecrow-looking monster where you can't see any detail 
in his face and he's covered in rags all over his body that drip uh drip down and he has a giant scythe that he keeps over his shoulders and he has a very a very fun pose with his legs pretty much he has one leg all the way out and he has the other leg like squatted down so he's very low but his legs are just abnormally long you know for his body he's like hunched over and he has glowing eyes and a glowing grin and like a big sun hat around him and then he also had like a third arm sticking out of his uh his like robes that was holding a, a flintlock pistol as well and i was just like I just had way too much fun with him. Literally, I like I did all the design for the game and then was like, hey guys, no one talk for you for the next three hours. I'm gonna make a boss real quick. <laughs> and then I just did that for like three hours, just designing this boss and animating him. I had so much fun with it. It was it was just a great time. Awesome. Well, we'll be right back with more Gregory Burns right after this, right here on UCM The Beat. Hi, I'm Danica Patrick. Watching my nieces grow, play, and learn is amazing, but not every child gets to be carefree. One in six kids in the U.S. are hungry. This breaks my heart, and it's something that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and gives it to families in need. To help, visit feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Take a step toward bringing our country and community together. Start a meaningful conversation at lovehasnolabels.com slash one small step. A message from StoryCorps, Love Has No Labels, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Voices of UCM. Today we're joined by Gregory Burns. He's a junior in the DMP program. He's also the host of Chatting It Up. And right now we've been talking about his experience in game jams and making video games as part of a team group, part of UCM. Uh, we were just talking about uh, this game that you that you guys made together, the Six Sided Bandit. Uh, six Roller. Six Bandit. Roller Bandit. Yeah. All right. I was just thinking like a die because yeah. the theme was roll the dice. I did not come up with that name, but I will say it does make me grin a little bit every time I say it because it's just something about it. It's just so fun to say, you know, the Six Roller Bandit, you know. Mm. Make so, that into a movie. <laughs> right on. Actually, that could make a pretty good movie title. I mean, I, I could see it. I did make a fun Western movie in uh, one of my class projects. You and Westerns. Uh, Westerns are great. Westerns are pretty great. Some of my favorite. We're getting off topic. <laughs> if you want to get really off topic real quick, you don't have to keep this if you don't want to. But when I was like six years old, my family went down to Texas because we had family friends down there. Okay. I'll, I'll keep this story short. Uh, but while we were flying there, my dad was like, oh, hey, Greg, we're now over Texas. I look out my window and I'm like, this isn't Texas. You lied to me. There's so much green. I was so disappointed as a kid when I was, when I was at Texas. I couldn't enjoy any part of Texas as a kid because I thought Westerns were still a thing. As a six-year-old boy, Greg thought Westerns were <laughs> still a thing and was so upset when there weren't cowboys, you know, riding off into the saloon uh, and shooting off there, you know. <laughs> The revolvers. I was just so disappointed. I honestly was just like, Texas sucks. <laughs> it also doesn't help that the only person I knew from Texas was Sandy Cheeks from SpongeBob. Oh, yeah, that definitely wouldn't help. <laughs> but uh, back on topic with Westerns and video games is what we were talking about. Uh, you told me that that game actually wasn't the one that you got third place with it. Because it seemed like it was a really good design. I saw the Scarecrow art sort of in the interim, and I thought it was really cool. So what exactly about, is it just like there's a lot of competition, or? Uh, it depends on which one you go to. So 
the the one with uh the, the six roller bandit that one i don't remember the exact number but there was over two thousand uh entries oh wow for the competition uh so it, it, it's a very big one uh i'm it's um yeah okay it's it's uh the gmtk 2022 game jam which for anyone who's big in the game jams they'll most likely understand that title it's it's a pretty big one Another one we've done is the Brackies Game Jam, which is another pretty popular one. That one was over a thousand people. Uh, I don't remember the exact number for that one either. Uh, but yeah, for the GMTK, we did the Six Roller Bandit, and honestly, a big thing with game jams is trying to just get a product made overall. Like as long as you have a game that functions, you're doing pretty good. Now, if you have a game that functions and there's enjoyment, you're doing great. Mm. And if you're doing a game that not only functions, but it runs smoothly and it's a joy to play, you're doing wonderful. All right. So finding that balance within the 48 hours to a week you have to develop a game yeah. <laughs> against 2,000 other people who are looking to do the same thing. I was I sort of thought, based off of what you were saying, that it was going to be a little bit more niche, but 2,000 entries is incredible yeah and it's not even like that was the only game jam that was happening that day either uh if you go to the game jams website i think if you just type in game jam on google uh you, you'll find a website for them and there's a calendar and if you look at the calendar it shows you every single game jam that's being hosted and it's just there's, there's a whole bunch of them they're all over the place that's incredible. Uh, some of them in person, some of them online, like I said. Some of them are very niche. or niche. Uh, there are some that are specifically, every time they do it, it is specifically a horror game jam. Hmm. Uh, but there's others that are just, you know, like, just a uh, big name, like GMTK and Brackies, uh, that do, like, a random thing every time. And then there's others that are, like, they're they're not really like big name like everyone knows it but they're more like a private institute kind of thing that specifically college teams come and compete at like mm. the Chilenium Game Jam is the one that we did uh, as a college uh, I believe that's the one we do every year uh, that's the one that's down in Texas which is really fun which is where you won your trophy yep and where you were disappointed that there wasn't cowboys <laughs> no I I knew better this time so I I wasn't as disappointed. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. Something I'm interested in uh, is just make all these games. Do they just go into the netherverse of games, or do you actually publish them, or what happens to these games after you complete them for a competition? I'm trying to remember what the site is called. Itch.io. That's where they get sent to, which I believe Itch.io is actually the game jam site anyway, so I think that one actually... Let, let me look it up real quick before I start giving people... Okay, well, the uh, the app is way harder to navigate than the actual uh, web browser. Itch.io is where we submit our games to. Uh, so they are public. Anyone can go to itch.io and look up either our usernames or our uh, actual game name. So if you wanted to play the Six Roller Bandit, it's on there. If you wanted to check out Arc, Arcania, Arcana, I don't know. A-R-C-I-N-A. Oh. Yeah, it's just a unique random Arcina word. Arcina or... Arcina. Uh, that was a fun, yeah. like, tile placement kind of game where you had to build up a city. And it was, like, a merging kind of style. So if you put two houses together, they get, uh, they, you know, 
shrink together to make a town, and then you put oh, two cool. towns together, and they make a city. It was that kind of style. It, it's a really basic game, but honestly, it's it's pretty fun and relaxing to play. There's also, if you go into the settings, I was able to convince our programmer to do this. There is a Doom mode, <laughs> which changes the visual of the game and also changes the audio. The audio, it, it's a very relaxing, peaceful soundtrack that plays. Mm-hmm. You go in the Doom mode, it changes that to just rock hard guitar that's playing. <laughs> uh, and not only that, but it puts a red filter on everything, which is really funny because it makes it really hard to tell the difference between color. <laughs> so honestly, it's just like a challenge mode at that point. Nice. It's just really goofy. It was fun. So it goes from like nice, peaceful, relaxing, morning mood sort of yep. thing to just... Yep. <laughs> Right on. That sounds fun. That sounds like a fun time. We've been talking a lot about game design and game jams, but we started this by asking about, way back in the first segment, about how you got interested in DMP and sort of, yeah, we've sort of been on a tangent. But that's, you know, that's not unusual for you. You know, you host Chatting It Up, which is a conversation show where you just, what's the goal of Chatting It Up anyway? Is it just a conversation show? Is that the goal? Yeah, the the original goal for it when I first started, and honestly, still the goal to this day, even though I I did take this semester off simply just because my schedule is very weird this semester, was that I always enjoyed listening to like uh the like when like my mom took me to high school, she'd always have the radio on, and ev- and the the time that she'd take me, that's when uh, the talk show was going, and so we'd always listen to the Johnny Darren Morning Show. Mm. Uh, and so, yes, I, I listened to it. For anyone who actually knows the Giant Dare List Morning Show, yes, I listened to that with my mom. Great time. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, that, that that's really just a joke for those who know kind of thing. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, they make inappropriate humor. Ha ha, funny. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so I always listen to that and always just like, in the back of my head, I always thought that that was like really cool. Like, it'd be cool to do that. But then I just laughed to myself, be like, ah, but I'll never do that. And then coming here, Joe Moore kind of showed me around down here. And he's like, yeah, you could host a show. And I was like, interesting. Nah, I I might do that. And I actually took a class with Joe. Mm. And in in his class, we had to do like a career outline kind of thing. Like in your perfect career field with DMP. I was also still an open options kid at this time. So like. I didn't know what I wanted to do with DMP if I right. even chose it. He was like, what, what would you like to do? Make a career, you know, like path for yourself kind of thing. And so I'm like, okay, uh, I guess I'll go into radio. Why not? It seems the most interesting to be a talk show host. And so I wrote about it, wrote an entire, you know, little like introductory essay about it or whatever. And then I got an email from Joe being like, hey, Greg, you want to host a talk show? <laughs> and I was like, I guess since you're asking me. And so I went ahead and agreed to it. And so the goal that I set aside for myself was that I, I wanted other people to have the same opportunity as I had, which was, you know, sitting in the car, listening to a talk show and being like, I want to be a part of that. So I want to give people that that chance. So that's honestly the goal is that it's an open platform for anybody to come on, anyone from UCM, I should say, uh, to come on and talk about anything they want to talk about. We, we choose a topic, of course, but it's whatever topic they want. So if that's like their career, like what you do, uh, mm-hmm. like their time with UCM, or if they want to go into their favorite hobby, 
some of my favorite episodes have been like like someone who came on and talked about planes. Like I myself don't have many interests in planes, but this guy loves planes and he talked a whole bunch about planes. Absolutely loved it. Because like once you find someone's interests, no matter how boring that is, they could be a coin collector for all I care. By the way, I too am a numismatic. I am not dishing on my fellow coin collectors. <laughs> they could be a coin collector. And most people don't think that's interesting. But if you get someone who's really passionate in it and who knows the history of coins, it can be the best time to listen to them. And so that's what I wanted to do with chatting it up is find what people are passionate in and have them talk about it. So that way they have the chance to, you know, talk all they want. Amazing. I couldn't agree more, too, about what you were saying about if somebody's passionate about a thing, no matter how boring that thing is, if they're passionate about it, that sort of brings their energy to the entire conversation. But we'll be right back with more of that great stuff with Gregory Burns right here on Voices of UCM, right on UCM The Beat. Did you know that when you shop at a local business, you can create jobs, stimulate the local economy, and reduce your carbon footprint? 90% of net new jobs are created by small businesses, which makes them the largest employer nationally. And for every $100 spent at a local shop, 68 of those come back into the community because small businesses buy from more small businesses. Because of this, habitat loss and pollution caused by transportation has decreased by 26%. To learn more about the benefits of supporting small businesses in your community, visit one in your area today. This message brought to you by your friends in UCM Digital Media Production. Welcome back to Voices of UCM. Today I'm joined by Gregory Burns. He's a junior in the DMP program, the host of Chatting It Up, and a bit of a video game designer or artist. Yeah, you can say designer. Designer, Ra- Graphical artist. artist, you know. Right on. Now, we've been talking about how you did the game jams and you made a bunch of games, which you can access on itch.io, itch.io, I believe. Yes. And we talked about your talk show, chatting it up, and sort of your goals with that. I would like to talk a little bit about sort of maybe not future and career. You're still a junior, still obviously a lot of options to look at, things to plan out. But coming into just even the next semester, obviously you've tried a lot of different things. You started out open options and got into DMP. What are some things you're looking forward to, other things you'd like to try? Uh, Well, right now I'm very focused on improving my art uh, portfolio. Uh, this story actually just popped in my head, so I might as well talk a little bit about it. Uh, how I actually got into digital art is a really mm. funny story, because I always wanted to do it. It was always there for me. Like I, I always wanted to be like, man, I want to be a digital artist, just like all my favorite digital artists. And every time I tried, I just failed, so I never actually tried again kind of thing. Mm. Uh, but it was actually, I was playing Minecraft, and I've been playing Minecraft for years. Like, literally... Like, I think it's been out for about, like, nine or so years. I think I've been playing for about eight or so years. Oh, wow. Uh, I've been playing for a very long time. Uh, and so, like, I've, I've been playing Minecraft, and the whole time that paintings have been in Minecraft, they've always been the same. They've added a couple paintings, but the paintings themselves have always been the same paintings. And so I'm, like, I hung up a painting, and I was just like, you know what? I'm sick and tired of these old paintings. I could probably do better. And so that's how I got into pixel art, was I started doing that. And I did the mistake of showing my work to uh, Newsom, one of the mm. professors on campus. And he was like, wow, these are really cool. You could actually make a video game with this. And I was like, well, funny you mentioned that. I used to make video games. And he's like, well, you should update one of your games with your new art style. And so I started working harder to get into the video game aspect of art and the animation. And it just kind of steamrolled from there. And I was just really enjoying it and whatnot. 
Uh, and so I would like to continue improving upon that skill, which I have been. Mm. Uh, I recently have started working on uh, digital painting and digital ink work. Uh, so that's my next stage is to do that kind of stuff. Whether or not I get into game design with that, hopefully later down the road. Right now I'm going to stick to pixel art just because I know it better. Mm-hmm. And it's easier for me to mass produce pixel art than it is for me to mass produce actual uh, digital paintings. Uh, but that's what I'm learning right now. It's a fun time, hard time even. Uh, I also, I haven't carried a sketchbook with me since high school. I started carrying a sketchbook again. Ooh, It's fun. I enjoy it. Got a couple of fun things in there so far. A couple of just uh, test doodles, but also a couple of fun sketches. Uh, but yeah, so I, I really want to work on, on my art, getting that digital painting. Uh, hopefully down the, the road, I can actually start working with uh, digital animation or not digital animation i'm already doing digital animation but actual like you know like your typical when you think of animation what you think of like an anime like mm-hmm. working like in that kind of style uh that's that's the ultimate goal of course right on you said something that i'm not quite familiar with i obviously understand the concept of digital painting digital art uh, but you said a specific term digital ink work what is that exactly yeah so uh, i just said ink work because that's the Term. So I, I started off with traditional art, obviously, which for people who don't know, uh, there's two types of art form, traditional and digital. Traditional just means like physical pencil, physical brushes, that kind of stuff. And so we call it ink work in there. But I, I actually messed up in saying ink work because the correct uh, terminology is line art mm. uh, in the digital world. And so that just means, you know, having like black outlines pretty much for for your sketches oh okay yeah it's like so when you do a sketch you have one of two options you can either paint it or you can do line art and then in the line art you would just do you know like you would make nice clean crisp lines around your outline and then throw in uh rather than like a whole wide variety of colors it's more of an animation style where it's very basic in its color palette. Mm. However, it still looks visually pleasing because that's the style it is. So line art is more of what we'd see in like moving animation, whereas painting is more what we'd see in like the background. Yes. Okay, okay, I get that. So you want to go more into digital art. You're carrying around a sketchbook right now. What are some things that you've seen that have inspired you to get into that sketchbook? Uh, well, honestly, the reason why I was ultimately inspired uh, to do the sketchbook is because one of my really good friends right now who I game with, Charles, he's taking a break from school. He's not currently mm. uh, in any college courses. He's looking at uh, getting into a trade school, I think it was, something like that. Uh, but yeah, so he wants to eventually get, get back into classes. But right now, he wants to improve his art because I don't know if this is actually what he wants to do for as a career, but obviously his dream job would be to be a cartoonist. Mm. Uh, he loves uh, old cartoons like Tom and Jerry, uh, Flintstones. You oh, know, like, classics. Yeah, uh, uh, Chowder, loves Chowder, uh, stuff like that. Uh, and so he, he wants to ultimately be a cartoonist or at least you know, be proud of it in himself that he's achieved the skill level to be one. Uh, so he's currently trying to figure out the fundamentals of art uh, and so while I was gaming and on the line with him, he was talking about how he's currently taking an online course in art. And I was like, huh, I haven't done art in a while. And 
uh, and so he was doing actual like physical you know traditional art with sketches and whatnots and then i was like maybe i should do that just like grab a sketchbook and just do a couple quick sketches uh and so that, that actually wasn't my original thought though i skipped ahead a little bit the next day at work i had a couple of sticky notes at my desk and so i just started doodling on my sticky notes i was like okay maybe i should get a sketchbook that's when i thought about that part mm. uh but yeah so since then i've just carried around a sketchbook uh, it's not too horrifically filled, but I mean, in the short amount of time that I've had it, it does have a lot more than what I would have achieved in high school. Mm. Would you say that's something that, as a person who's getting more into art yourself, that you would advise other people who are seeking to improve their art is grab a sketchbook, or is that more of an individual thing, do you think? Uh, it's a little bit of both. For me, because I, I want to get more into the line work of digital art, of course, you know, it's best for me just to do digital art. Uh, mm-hmm. But right now, digital art is just too time-consuming for me to always do it. I also have to have access to my laptop and my, you know, my uh, pad and all that fun jazz. So it's honestly just way quicker just to have a pencil and a book with me. Uh, so for me personally, it's a great idea. Overall, it's probably a really good idea for literally any uh, form of art, unless you specifically just want to, like, focus entirely on one thing uh it's just nice just to do multiple things uh that way you just keep getting those skills and all types of things like i'm still doing sketches for the type of work that i could still do with line work uh like i'm doing like uh like right now i'm watching or i started getting back into anime uh so like i recently watched one punch man and i uh just started watching soul eater so oh, I'm taking okay. some of my favorite characters from those shows and redrawing them, sometimes in the same exact pose that they are in an actual shot of an episode. Uh, but other times I take a bunch of, of their photos and try to make my own pose for them. Uh, it's about 50-50 whether or not my own pose actually works out. <laughs> but something that I try to do that isn't just directly copying an image is I know, uh, I know the fundamentals of figure drawing. So I go through that process of I look at my image and go, okay, so that's their pose. And then I try to recreate their pose via figure drawing. And then I look at them themselves and then try to recreate that. And I always try to add a little bit of my own stylistic flair. I'm still trying to figure out what my style is because I figured out my pixel art style. That one was easy for me to figure out. I shouldn't say it's easy for me to figure it out. It took a while. Mm. Uh, But now that I've done it for so long, I know what that is. Uh, for actual, you know, digital ink or the line work, I don't know my style yet, so I'm still trying to figure out that. So with my sketches right now, I'm trying to figure out what my what my style is, kind of thing. And yeah, that's that, that's where I'm going. Hopefully, right on. Well, as you look to the future, we're gonna look towards the end of this episode. Thank you so much for joining me today, Gregory. Well, uh, thank you for uh, letting me on. Absolutely. And thank you for tuning in, our wonderful listeners out there in the audience. Really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen to Voices of UCM. You can catch us on Wednesdays and Saturdays at 7 p.m. right here on UCM The Beat. Did you know that the University of Central Missouri has been leading innovation for nearly 150 years? With more accreditations and more qualified faculty members, our commitment to academic success is unparalleled. And we make sure every student receives the support they need to graduate on time and with less debt. 
So whatever opportunity you're looking for, make your impact sooner at UCM. With campuses located in Warrensburg, Lee Summit, and online. Find out more about UCM and the power of opportunity in action at ucmo.edu.